Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot this week. I'm Matty Conrad, and today we're gonna talk about influence. I think the idea of becoming an influencer is really appealing to a lot of people as we strive to try and increase our, our following on Instagram, as we try all the latest tips and tricks to trick the algorithm so that we can get a large following and get some sort of credibility or recognition for our work. I think the idea of becoming an influencer and getting free stuff and traveling around and having everyone know your name seems really, really awesome on the outside. And I think it's the thing that a lot of people want to do. But I want to talk to somebody who's experienced just that, who's risen to the ranks of superstardom on the back of social media. And I want to talk to her about what her life is actually like on the day to day, the good and the bad. So today we're going to talk to famous hairdresser Miss Larissa Love, who is by all means a massive influencer in the beauty industry, and I want to talk to her about the reality she faces every day of what it's like to be an influencer. Enjoy the podcast, and I'll talk to you guys again after. You're listening to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with your host, Maddie Conrad. Hey everybody, welcome back to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. The podcast is dedicated entirely to interesting conversations with some of my friends that I run into on my extensive travels around the world as part of the hair industry. I've been doing this for about 25 years. I've collected some amazing friends along the way, some fascinating people to talk to. And I think one of the things that I love is the conversations that we have. I'm always struck with how interesting it would be if people could just be a fly on the wall and listen to some of the real honest conversations we get to have. And today, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of a conversation time with you with the one and only Miss Larissa Love. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Maddie. Well, thanks for coming, first of all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting to get to spend time with you. You and I run into each other all the time. And all the time. it always seems so like... different states, yeah. many countries. I don't know. I feel like we're flashing past each other all the time. It's we a are. quick hug and a hi and a see you later kind of thing, you yeah. know? But I've always actually wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you. I've seen your career go from uh, relative obscurity into the heights of what people would probably consider superstardom in the hair industry. So, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it never feels like that. That, but it's it's an interesting thing the way that other people perceive you so what um give us like the quick synopsis on on who you are how you ended up getting here oh man okay that's a long story but uh <laughs> give us the abridged the abridged story i mean um i lived in la for 12 years i've always wanted to open up a salon i did it three years ago i mean i worked at private studios beforehand um and now i'm brand ambassador for joico um, but like getting there, that's such a long story. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like life has probably changed considerably for you in the past uh, since you've opened your shop. I mean, really, absolutely. Was it was it the shop? Was that the catalyst for for you kind of driving it at your kind of social growth? Or no, actually, a reason why I even am where I am, I think now, is because of social media and Instagram. Yeah. You know, more importantly, and so I think I was one of the first people that really ran with Instagram and started promoting my work on there. And yeah. I feel like Guy Ting was one of the first too, mm-hmm. and maybe a few others. And so cause prof saw me through my social media right. and then then they asked me to come to a hair show which by the way I didn't even know hair shows existed yeah yeah I was so just all about being behind the chair and growing a clientele I, I think it's really weird because the social idea around what we do is only known to hairdressers and have you ever tried to explain your job to like an uber driver <laughs> I mean, they just, I think everyone has their own different, different industries, but they're all our lives are kind of similar in the same way, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like the music industry, like my fiance is so different, but so similar. Yeah. And people think that it's all glitz and glam and 
fuck it's so opposite I mean, of that I've always thought of hair as a craft more than an art and I know that it has a lot of artistic principles and sensibilities and you can elevate it to an art but I mean like I look at the other crafts and I think to myself like God, if I was a plumber, would anyone show up and watch me do like a sink job? Like, would they be complimenting my wrench work or would they, is this just a silly thing? It's just you know? not a sexy job. And it's, I think what we do is pretty sexy. Only slightly less ass crack, I think. Just slightly less. Yeah. <laughs> but OK, so you got noticed. You, you, they, they started blowing things up. Um, I, I have to ask you, because social media is such a hotbed topic these days. Have we created a monster? Absolutely. I think we'll create a monster um, within ourselves, but also for the next generation. You know, the next generation thinks it's very easy and simple because they see our lives. They see the success, quote unquote, that we have, and they think that they can get it so easily when they don't see all the sweat, blood and tears that we actually have to put into ourselves daily and still to this day. And we still have to stay relevant so we don't stop. And that's the monster that's within ourselves. Totally. And I think the interesting thing, though, that the monster that the concept of success you know what I mean I've always thought that success is how you appear to everyone else but if fulfillment is how you appear to yourself but the, the 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 quest for success these days seems to be largely driven on the idea of get the number get the following number up get the get the attention but what happens when you get that attention because I feel like so many people these days have found a way to cheat to get the attention but they're kind of like that little kid in the front of a room full of adults going like look at me look at me look at me and then when everyone turns to look what then well there's a difference between being a person behind the screen you know or and then there's a difference between being on stage and having stage presence and being an educator and I think they don't see the difference they're just like oh I have the followers and I can be an educator right away and there's two totally different things and if you want to be an educator you don't have to have the following I mean it helps sure but I think everyone with following or that wants to have a following thinks that they can become an educator and that's so far from it. Do you think conversely though, do you think it it detracts from your credibility um, when you're considered an influencer? rather than an educator. I hate that word. I do too. It's It's the worst word ever. I treat it the same as like the difference between being a celebrity or being an actor. You know, because (laughs) when you're a celebrity, you're just known for doing nothing. But when you're an actor, you're known and respected for your craft. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I hate that word. I think I'm an artist. I think we all are. And like you said, um, it is is a form of art and it can definitely go above and beyond that. But I, I definitely do think so. Yeah. So what would you rather be known for then? What would you what do you want to be known as in this industry? I mean, someone that just has a drive and a love for her passion and someone that doesn't want, ever want to stop learning and growing. Um, I feel like I'm always coming up with new techniques and trying new things out. And, you know, and it's kind of part of my job is to to do that and then train other other people but is that hard is that hard to like feel like you're constantly reinventing the wheel it's more of like it's just a lot of pressure yeah so much fucking pressure let's talk about that because i mean when you started out it was it was the wild west i think a lot of us started instagram early Mm -hmm. those of us that grew yes exactly it's really hard to do that now Mm -hmm. you know but i think the pressure like do you feel more pressure now that as as the stakes grow as the as the following grows as- beyond i mean i feel like the things that i could have I, that i was doing before there's no in hell that i could do the things i am doing now like just like just bullshitting around at shows and like you know being like my crazy self i would get in so much trouble if i did that now you yeah. know just because i i do have a lot of people looking at me and i have a lot of brands that you know i i you know like uh I should I say like, like for example, the brand that I'm working with, 
uh, they would not be happy with certain things that I would do. So the pressure is definitely high for sure. Um, and I think it gets only higher because everyone is trying so hard to like get on top. And also then it kind of feels like there's some type of battle between everyone. And I hate that. I yeah. wish that we could just all help each other out, be cool with each other, have no, um, not compare each other with everyone else and just kind of do our thing and I don't know, just be there for each other. And I feel like everyone just kind of judges everyone oh, yeah. as much as they say they don't. But no, the pressure is definitely unreal. And I was just talking to my brother the other day. He's like, why don't you just, just chill out? Like, why are you always have so much anxiety? I'm like, if only you knew the pressure that I have, yeah. that people are always waiting on me and like looking at me and they're always waiting for me to do something wrong, you yeah. know? And, and, well, everyone loves to see you succeed, just Absol not more than them. No, absolutely. I love that. Yes, it's so true. Yeah. And then once you do one wrong mistake, then, oh, my God, yeah. the, let the world know. You know, so it's really hard to kind of be perfect, quote unquote, when none of us are. Some of that downward pressure that you were talking about from brands and stuff as well, or, or sponsors, you know, like one of the reasons I love doing my own podcast here and doing this is that we have no brands and sponsors. Mm -hmm. We can just, we can be honest and open and yeah. talk and, and we don't have to worry about, oh, who's going to be upset or whatever. Um, I think that's a very real thing though. And what's so interesting about it in the new economy for hair brands who are engaging with people now that um, have got their own relevance, that have got their own engagement, and, and really brands are attaching themselves to that while still treating those artists as if they were employees um, under the, the old regime where they used to raise those people up and it was their own investment in that that, mm -hmm. that got that attention, right? So do you feel that's kind of a weird thing for brands to want to conform you to be a certain thing? Or do you feel that your brands are trying to get you to dumb down or be something else even though they're really attaching onto the notoriety you've built for yourself? Well, I will say I think it's really smart for brands to do that and um, get big artists to you know work with them yeah. it's very smart on them because we are the ones that are promoting the brand we're the ones that you know using the product mm -hmm. without us it would be so much so much harder for the actual brand to really be shown and seen and sold you know at I, the end of the day I think it's interesting because we really create in many ways the face of a brand because if people really saw the business of brands you know, when, when you actually see the inside of workings, I think there might be this weird perception that there are these cool artist loft studios <laughs> where all these really trendy people are hanging out with fucking fabulous hair and <laughs> listening to really awesome up to the minute music, stuff like that. But like I've been into brand offices. It's like going to Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. it's like any other office job. And the perception of that is created yeah. largely by us. It's so true. But I will say it also depends on what brands you work with. Because, yeah. I, you know, when I was brand ambassador for Cosmoprof, I worked with all brands. Yeah. And I seen the highs and the lows. And there are some brands that really take care of you. Like, they treat you like a goddess, you oh, know. That's like great. First class, stay the best hotels, like best food, best restaurants, everything. They really like take up a notch. On I you. apparently never met those brands. I have <laughs> never flown first class. Really? <laughs> Surprisingly, I've been on thousands of flights. I've never flown first class and I've wow. never crossed the equator. Well, wow. Isn't that bizarre? That is very, yeah. And I will say like, I'm lucky, you know, the brand that I'm working with, they treat me amazing that's great they fly me first class hey. they give me the best hotels you know and actually i don't know if you've ever been to hankel academy of course yeah and that's a pretty badass academy that's a new that's, that's a new development yes. I, I worked for hankel uh, for 10 years and they didn't really? have that kind yeah, of setup it just opened up so they're finally trying to like 
be artistic and open and cool and edgy, but yeah. it's, it's taken a while, but I think that we have such a huge influence on the brand itself as well. Wow, that's interesting. What what do you think about that? Do you think that the, the balance is shifting where it's Absolutely. being more in, like artist-led? I think led? that they need us more than they, we need them. Oh, interesting. You know? And interesting. I, I think that they're signing on all these artists because they need our help. Yeah. They need to make the product more cooler, more edgier. And we are, are us as artists, we're pretty fucking cool. And they see that. Let's <laughs> I think you're pretty cool. You're I think, pretty I, fucking cool I, too, think I look like I just got off a horse all the time. <laughs> and I, I went, I remember we're at the, if, for those of you that don't know, we're actually in the LA Hills right now. We're overlooking Hollywood here. So we're, beautiful. we're at the craft lookbook, which is uh, in Yamashiro, which is right above the Hollywood Hills. And we went out to their uh, after party last night. And I got to tell you, I felt like the oldest man there. I felt, I felt <laughs> Sorry, like, I, didn't go. I felt like I was killing everyone's vibe because it was like somebody's dad showed up <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, what is that guy doing? Here? No, you're pretty fucking cool. Man. <laughs> but I definitely do think that it's shifting and they need us more than vice versa. And it's, it's great because we kind of have a leeway now so we can yeah. kind of say what we want, what we expect. And they, well, at least some brands, they allow us to be fully artistic with what, how we want to portray the work that we want to do. I think um, artists like yourself uh, were really instrumental in opening that opportunity for people. I think that um, for all of the opinions that people might have of influencers or people that have large followings, um, I, I think they're not really necessarily appreciating the, the pioneering that's been happening in the last couple of years where people are making that pathway a possibility for others to follow. Absolutely. So what advice would you give out to people that are wanting to follow in those footsteps to get into that kind of work with brands or education? Well, first and foremost, you need to know your shit. You know, just because you have a following does not mean that you are a great artist. Um, and then just fucking reach out. You know, it's simple as that. People are so afraid to like slip in their DMs. They check all of their DMs. They really do. do. And they, they will actually appreciate that you are reaching out to them, you know, yeah. because it shows that you actually have security within yourself to actually have that boldness to reach out. What's the worst that can happen? They'll say no, yeah. maybe next time. You know, you never know. But if you don't reach out, you'll never know. I say, fucking do it, reach out, but also know your craft before you do because you can make a fool of yourself if you don't. No question. And I think it's really important too, the, the reaching out part. I mean, I think there is a perception that, well, if my work gets good enough and I post enough of it, eventually someone's gonna see that. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that could be possibly true, but why be. are you waiting around? Yeah, but you also know? I think we're awash in a sea of really good work now. And we're seeing everyone's photography skills have gotten better. The style has gotten better. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's harder and harder to stand out today. Absolutely, you know, especially so algorithm doesn't help either. So yeah. half of the world, half of your followers don't even see your work anymore, sure. which, which doesn't really help with the world seeing your work. Yeah. You know, where before the algorithm, my following was growing a thousand, two thousand a day. Unreal. Now I'm luckily if it's like a hundred. Wow. You know, and um, so I think it's definitely much more hard because of algorithm, but also it's so oversaturated with hairdressers. Mm -hmm. So you really have to make yourself stand out. And there's a few ways, and it's really about branding yourself. You know, and it's one with branding with your work, but also branding with your style. Yeah. You know, like you know, I branded myself with like always wearing a hat, like and like crazy platform heels, and I, I like people look for that. And when I when I don't wear a hat, people are like, "Where's your hat?" I'm like, "Bitch, it's not glued onto my head." Me too. You know? But it's <laughs> Me too. that's how you brand people yourself. People don't even exactly. know I have hair. <laughs> I, honestly, I've never seen you without a well, hat. Here we go. It's your about Oh to snap! Don don don. Wow, you got a lot of hair. Why are you hiding that? <laughs> you know, can I ask you? Do you see um, what's the difference to you? between like a gimmick and uh, branding? 
rephrase that. Well, I think the idea is that some people will, like yours makes perfect sense to me because this is very much who you are. Like the hat is, is not just your gimmick. It's like, you know, it's just, it's part of your style. It's very authentic. But I think there is some people that are looking to get attention for attention's sake by pursuing some sort of a gimmick to their work, or this is my angle, or this is my thing. You know yeah, I mean? but I think it's just going to be very obvious and show very quickly that it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everyone is it, it's so it's so see through whether you're you're real or you're you're trying. Yeah. You know, and I think there's no room to. There's no room to try and mimic someone else's style or look or work. Yeah. Just be your fucking self, show your personality, show your style, and that is what's gonna make you stand out and that's what's gonna brand you in, at, the, in the, at the long run. Yeah, honestly, I've always thought that that's what authenticity is. It's, it's being yourself 100% of the time, damn the consequences, Yeah. right? And that, that to me is authenticity. Yeah. People talk about authenticity like it's a thing that you paint on stuff to make it look old, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and that's not really what it is. I think that's the way brands look at authenticity, yeah. like a, make something look rugged and, yeah. and grassroots. And then, know? you know, like, and I always say, you know, if you're trying to grow a following or a clientele, you know, show yourself on your stories, your personality, because that's how your clients will feel more comfortable going to you. So if you're shy, more shy clients will feel more comfortable going to you. If you have a crazy personality or whatever, they'll feel more comfortable coming to you that way. And then brands will see that too. And they'll be like, oh, well, this this person will fit our brand, like Pulp Right, they're, they're a little wild, and it fits their brand, you know? So um, I think brands can see that as well as well as clients so just be your fucking self and show yourself online you know and don't be afraid to do so yeah your personality is one of the best things that you have as an artist yeah too. i mean it informs your art it informs your clientele and and that's half the reason why people sit in your chair and it's exhausting to be fake i mean yeah how how, how can you do that for so long and people will catch on to that too yeah so just be yourself because you're gonna hurt yourself in the long run and i think it puts an unnecessary pressure on you too when you are in public i mean for you and me we're at all of these shows we see each other lots and very seldom are we ever alone you know there's there's always people around and there's especially you you get mobbed it's crazy too and it's but it's it's a social thing where you feel that pressure to look and connect with every person so that they know that you're not just this like vacant thing they see on instagram you're you're the real deal you want to really connect with these people but as that grows as that following grows the pressure increases absolutely but you know i think it's really important to be humble and i think a lot of people not just in the hair industry but anyone that has a certain amount of following things are like the shit and i'm like that is just a fucking number what if instagram went down you'd be nothing without it yeah so be humble because the way you treat people the way you make them feel they're going to completely remember that more than your fucking following oh 100 you know and so I, I don't care if I have a million followers or a hundred followers, I'm gonna always just stick to who I am. I'm gonna say hi to every person that comes to me. I'm gonna treat them nice because I wanna give them the love that they give me back. Mm-hmm. You know, without them really, like, we're, we're really nothing. Like, I, I give so much thanks to my followers and fans and people that come up to me and I wanna just give them the love back. So just fucking be humble and don't ever think you're the shit because you're not. Yeah, it can be really sweet. It can be hard though sometimes even even though that is the way we feel. It's It can be hard because sometimes the perception can get the better of us. You know what I mean? When people, when you want to connect with everyone that you've been through literally four or 500 mm-hmm. selfies in a day and that last person comes up to you and you're trying to pull all mm-hmm. of the energy you have out of your body to, 
but all you have to give them is a hi, thank you, nice yeah. to meet you. And you walk away and they're like, well, that wasn't very personable. And you know what? You can't make everyone happy. I've, I've heard that too. Like, oh, you were like, you were not nice to me when I asked you to take a photo. I'm like, bitch, it's been eight hours. I took an, I had a mean greet that lasted two hours. Like I'm really trying my best, but sometimes it's not good enough for everyone, you know, and you gotta have to come like understand that within yourself. You can't make everyone happy. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you have to be happy within yourself and self-love is so important. So it's really important to take care of ourselves first. And if you're tired, just be like, babe, like nice to meet you. Thank you. But I got to go, yeah. you know, so still be nice. But I like the worst thing that could happen. And I've seen this in just certain people. They're like, oh, you can't even talk to me. Like they're just like, and I'm not going to mention names, but like, I have like security cards and I'm, you can't talk to me. Like, and I'm just like, come on, you're a fucking normal person. Just like everyone else. More importantly, you're a fucking hairdresser. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on. You're not a, like, you're not it, a is, it doesn't even icon. matter if like, you're like a fucking actor too. Like you're still, you just have a different job. Yeah. You're just on TV and that's why people know you. No. But at the end of the day, you're still a fucking person like any yeah. of us. I, I actually have some friends and clients uh, that are actors that, that have been on, uh, projects that have kind of blown up and they've become suddenly a lot more um, known, mm -hmm. I guess is the word I'd like to use. And so the interesting conversations I have with them, because I've known them before and after, is that they seem the same to me and they feel the same to them. But one of the things they notice most is how everyone around them starts to change, the way they act or the way they treat them. Mm -hmm. Have you felt that? Because you blew up quite quickly and, and it, to sizable number there. It, it, did that happen Absolutely. To you? Well, I mean, going back to when Cosmoprof asked me to um, do a meet and greet, um, go to a hair show, which I didn't even know hair shows existed. And I'm like, wow, cool. There's hair shows too. Who the hell is going to want to meet me? You know, that was literally my first thought. And I had maybe like 50,000 followers back. It was six, seven years ago. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'll go. Like, they're going to fly me out. Seems fun. And I was in awe. I was shocked. Um, they said it was their best meet and greet they've ever done. And they had, like, really big hairdressers, not going to mention names, that the meet and greet didn't do that well. The line went outside the convention center. I've never seen anything like that. And that's when I clicked. I was like, wow. Like, this is, like, I am kind of, like, changing the industry in a way for uh, with the social media part, yeah. you know, and, and I don't see myself that way at all. And my staff and my, my artists and my, my uh, salon, they're always like, people come here all the time. They like want to take photos with you and they want to like see the salon. They're like, but we keep, for, but we, you're just like, you're so normal, yeah. you know, but that's because they're around me. They know who I am. I still can't believe it when, when we do these things and people come up and no. I, I'm like, I'm stunned all I the time. I don't get it at all. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I'm grateful. I'm yeah. humbled. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. Because we're we're literally one fucking normal people too. Like you said, we're just fucking hairdressers. But we I, just do hair, I'm you know. I mean, I appreciate it so Me much. Me too. But I still look at people like, why, why are you so crazy? Yes, like <laughs> I've had people like crying, and I'm like, what the they, fuck? When they shake and you hug them, yes. and, they're like, and you're like, you need to calm the fuck down. I, I mean, just, this I, is okay. I, I don't and I just give them a hug, it. and I'm yeah. like, shh, shh, shh. Yeah. it's okay, baby girl. Just yeah. shh, shh, shh. And it's it's sweet. It's really sweet. But I just I don't fucking get it. No, I know. You know. Now let's let's. Talk a little bit about the gram um, because it is the it is the multi-headed monster that it's become, and it's funny because people talk about social media as if it has its own agenda, <laughs> not like it's a thing that we all create and and consume yeah. uh, of our own volition. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like it has its own nefarious purposes. But but I mean, I think it's interesting because the algorithms change and all these things, and people are getting all these techniques or tips or tricks or whatever, and and then as soon as that happens, a whole new thing happens. But mm -hmm. what is your like? 
least favorite trend when it comes to social media? Well, it, you know what's funny is that when we first started, me and you, like, mm. you know, got on Instagram, we never, like, there was no such thing as social media classes. No. Now, that's all, they sell out like this. That's all that people want to go and more, learn. More than cutting know. classes. Yes. More than cutting classes. And, um, and so it's funny how things have changed because people are, again, going, seeing our lives, and they're like, how can we become them? How can we grow? How can we succeed? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, like, it's funny how things have changed because that would have never been back in the day like even five years ago four yeah. days four years ago maybe three years ago i think yeah. it just really blew up a couple years ago like two years ago agreed um but what was your question well i just what's your least favorite trend oh. when it comes to social media is it is it social media classes is that your least favorite trend i mean i think social media classes are great i do teach them too mm -hmm. um along with like when I do my own classes with hair, that just kind of like it's another part. Integrates. Yeah, um, because so many people want to learn about it. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think a lot of people just really want to like grow a following, and I think it's it's not about that. It's really about like your work and who you, how you present yourself and who you are as a person. That that's why people are going to come to you. Yeah, obviously, growing a following, you may gain a better clientele. You know, but people did it back in the day without even social media. Did you, you know? notice like an impact on your clientele specifically, like in your shop from social media? All my clients are from Instagram. Really? Ninety nine. Well, I've only been a hairdresser for nine years, right? And this is just when Instagram came out. Yeah. So um, I would say ninety nine percent of my clients are from Instagram. Wow. Yeah. Wow, because you don't really hear about that too much these days. Like for the most part, maybe it's because I spend most of my time in the barbering world. But the funny thing that I noticed is that the majority of people that follow barbers online are other barbers. Yeah. I mean, I will say a lot, a huge chunk of my followers are hairdressers because my videos are very educational. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, oh, there's a lot of people that follow me because they want to go to me because they see my work and that's good. They like it, whatever. Um, so it's like it's half and half, I guess you could say. But um, yeah. To the I other see. people that are not part of your clientele that are just the hairdresser following, like, do they do they DM you? Do you do, does your DM box just look obscene? Yeah, and they just ask lots of questions. Like, and what kind of questions do they ask? Uh, a lot of like, it's a a lot of the questions are very same. Like, how can I get to where you are? Yeah, that's probably my number one question. Is it also kind of the most annoying question to be asked? I don't even answer. Yeah, I don't respond because that's a very long fucking story and and the end of the day you're not going to be able to do what i do you can you should do what you do yeah you know? be the first two, you not the next exactly me. we're two different people you yeah. know have your own path in life um uh and then a lot of questions are just formula questions or um questions like oh i saw this can i do it on myself no absolutely not or <laughs> you know that's a very real concern a lot of people are like how can you be doing video education or how can you be sharing these things because clients are going to do it to themselves yeah yeah but right? then they're going to fuck up and come to you out so it doesn't matter and you can charge them more for a color correction exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh that's the funny thing do you think online education is the next move forward because i mean the one thing i've noticed is working every weekend away mm -hmm. there's just only so much i can cover there's only yeah. so many places i can be and i mean i know you're the same even though i see you all the time yeah. i feel like you must be going through that same thing i think online education is definitely going to be blowing up more than it is now because a lot of people actually do ask me that's another one if i do online education i personally don't like to do it because i want them to come to me or mm. i can go to them yeah. i like to like talk to someone one-on-one -on -one and yeah. really showcase them like in front you know if they have any questions like 
I can answer them uh, like right right away, you mm. know, instead of you just watching a video and you have all these millions of questions. So I don't really personally like to do it myself. I know that a lot of people love to do it and they're, you know, BTC and a lot of other, and it works. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not very good at it. I, I, I find my style is so interactional. Me too. You know, I love to have that person that I talk to yes. and, and I see the people nodding along or yes. I see the people kind of looking at me like they don't believe me and I want to like just take that moment to really clarify. Absolutely. Or, and you don't get that interaction when no. you're doing it. And so I feel like they just end up leaving with more questions and answers yeah. when it's an educational online. So I that's just me. You know, I think I'm going to just stick to... Um, just having classes and I have my own tours that I do and I do tours with Joygo. I go to Europe for like two, three weeks uh, out there. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just gonna stick to traveling and being very personable. Now you're really good on stage. Um, I've actually watched a couple of your classes before and I remember um, the first time I saw you actually being, and not to sound insulting, but being um, really surprised at what a strong uh, educator you are. Wow, um, thank you. I think you, your vocabulary is very strong. The way you connect uh, concepts and ideas, I think, is is really strong. Um, education is such a different thing mm-hmm. than than just doing great hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, how did you grow into that? Like, what was what, do you? Or more importantly, is there something specific you recommend? Well, you know, what's funny is that literally six years ago, these exact words came out of my mouth. I said, I never want to educate. I don't ever want to be an educator. Sure. I'm like, I, I'm all, I'm self taught because I went to a really bad school that's closed down now for a reason <laughs> me too and um and so i'm i'm completely self-taught you know and i'm like why am i going to share my secrets with the world you know mm. and then i had someone ask me and beg me to teach class and i'm like fuck fine i'll teach one simple class and this was my, one of my first this is one of my simplest techniques it was called bullyage where it's like face framing highlights at the bowl mm. um like six seven years ago at the at butterfly loft oh David. okay yeah and um, I was shocked at how shocked the students were at my techniques. And, and I guess common sense is not so common, you know? Yeah. But what I fell in yeah. love with educating was the fact that, like, you can really teach someone something that they didn't know. And I thought it was just so simple to me, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, like, there's no, um, what's the word? Competition. Yeah. You know, I, I can show you exactly what I'm doing, I can show you exact formula teach all that but you're not going to do exactly the way I do it yeah. you know and so there's no there's no competition at all yeah somebody um, told me one time you can copy the recipe but the sauce won't taste the same exactly you yeah. know you can give a chef all the ingredients but it's still not going to taste the same yeah. and so I think it's just kind of I was not a great educator in the beginning but I always always had the confidence and I think confidence is such a huge key factor in educating. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but if you talk with confidence, they'll believe you. <laughs> you know, let's be real. I, I've actually looked back on things that I taught like five years ago and realized I was so fucking wrong. Yeah. I didn't know Same. at the time, but I was just Same. like conviction. And, yeah. Yeah, and they believe that They're shit, with you. you know? They're like, yes, I, yeah. that was the best class I've ever been to. And you but, think to yourself, oh, I lied to these people. <laughs> but I will say, I think... Um, what is different from the way I educate is I educate like real. I don't use high terminology words that people might no. not know, especially if they're students. I feel like the way I want to educate is someone that is in beauty school. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I teach. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally go from like the basics. Yeah. But even my basics that I teach is not basics for them. Yep. You know, I even find with the more advanced people too. I, I had a great chat with uh, Charlie Gray a couple of days ago and, uh, <laughs> 
one of the things he said to me is really stuck with me was that uh, you know people can be doing this for 30 years and still have only the same amount of um, education as somebody that's been doing it for a year and so it when you say you've only been doing this for nine years that, that doesn't really factor into the, the quality or the talent that you have it that's all about dedication and passion mm-hmm. and drive to learn and be better yourself all the time. Yeah. Somebody can be doing this for 30 years and not have that yeah. and only really have a year's worth of education in yeah, air absolutely. that they've just been doing over and over and over. Yeah, I think that's why, you know, I love trying new techniques. And I, I mean, there's been some times where I'm like, fuck, this is it's not going to work, you know. But there's a lot of techniques that I came up with that are like mind blowing to the people because of the way I section and my foiling is a little different. And people haven't seen that before. Um, so I think that's why they're so drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I just keep it fucking real. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to talk with these crazy big words to sound like I'm very smart and educated. You know, I think people can relate to you more when you're just fucking real. I think I, you yeah. talk like you're talking to a friend. I think the best educators are the people that take the really complicated concepts and make them appear very simple Absolutely. and take the simple things that most people know how to do and make them appear more nuanced and yes. complicated than they really are. Yes. And I think that that's the thing because one of them builds confidence in what they already know or they get that affirmation, mm-hmm. right? And affirmation can be a really powerful thing when you're sitting in a class, when you see someone else do things things that you're doing or that you think you made up. And I'm sure you probably had those moments because you're Mm self-taught where you get to see other people doing things and you think, oh, okay, that is actually how it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, because really the truth of all of this is, is that there is no the way. There's no way to do this that is the infallible one way to do this. All of this shit is made up. It is all made up. It's all made up by somebody. Like Sassoon made up his shit and it was good and it worked great for him. but. It doesn't devalue anybody else's discoveries Absolutely or anybody not. else's ways of approaching things. And I think that's the, the real crux of it is education is about sharing your own perspective and illuminating maybe some concepts that you found a way to make sense of Absolutely. that other people can attach to. I think it's just so important to adapt and evolve yeah. and with your techniques and just everything in general within yourself as well. Um, and so... You know, I don't know it all. I always want to keep educating myself, trying new things. And I think my work is never perfect. And I think that's why I um, I always want to strive to be better. If yeah. you think you know it all and you think your work is perfection, oh, yeah. you're going to stop growing and you're going to fall right back down. I don't know if I've ever done a haircut that I 100% love. I say that all the time. I don't think I've ever done a color that I've absolutely love. I'm always thinking fuck I should have done that a little different yeah. that a little different not that it's not beautiful no. but I'm I'm my worst critic, critic. I, I think that's a healthy thing in some ways it's it not is. good to always hate on your work but I, I don't mean I hate my stuff no. but, and I'm sure you don't hate yours but it, it, I think it's good to have a little bit of criticism of yourself all the time absolutely so that you can be realistic yeah. about your work that it needs to always get better you exactly know? that's what it's going to make you work harder and, and try different little things and kind of perfect what you want to do that you think was not perfect beforehand yeah. But even when I perfect, I'm like, nope, okay, that could have been a little better. And I think those are the great artists that will never stop growing and yeah. being, you know, bigger than what they are now is because we never think our work is amazing. We always think that there's something that could have been different and there's something that we want to change. And that's what's going to take us back to the drawing board 
to try something new and different and try to perfect it more and more and more. And I think people don't really realize that, you know, all of us as artists have that small insecurity of our own work. You know, I think people's perception is, oh, well, you ha- you are such a big deal now and you must be so full of yourself. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just think you're so special. But I'm like, I, I don't really think I that don't at all. At all. Yeah. You know, I, I like I have a very strong personality and I think I can come off as a bitch sometimes, but I'm like the most kind hearted, loving person once you really get to talk to me. Mae's like, yeah, that she was a bitch before my assistant. Um, but it She's is nodding true. and agreeing and it with a big smile true. on her face. I think face. it's yeah. just my Ukrainian. I'm from Ukraine and I think it's just like the Russian in me. We have like very strong personalities. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm dating one of you. I get it. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> she, get it. Yeah, she's Polish. I get it. <laughs> very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just be yourself, be humble, try new things and never think you know it all. Really what do you, gonna... what do you wish like new stylists or new, new people getting into the industry? What do you wish they knew going into this? That it's not all glitz and glam like people fucking think. And you know, people are like, it's so exciting. You get to travel the world and you get to meet new people, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love my life. I feel like some days I'm going to wake up because it's a dream. I feel like it's almost too good to be true. Because mm. my two passions always have been travel and hair. And I get to do both of those at the same time. Me too. But people don't realize, one, how exhausting it is on your body mentally, emotionally, and physically. Uh, they don't realize that you're stuck in airports, planes, and hotels and convention centers all the time or wherever the events are gonna, events yeah. you're doing. I mean, how many, how many cities? have you been to where it's just like people come back like oh my god how was it you're like well the airport the and airport the convention center were pretty much the same as the city before yeah. and oh my cab driver told me a funny yeah. story yeah and then like oh do you have any downtime uh maybe dinner at night like super late at night when i'm exhausted and we go to bed yeah you know uh so it's definitely not a glitz and glam and i want people to know that i want people to know that you have to sacrifice there's so much sacrifice that goes into it um you know my when i first was starting educating and traveling for five years I literally did not have a life because I'll be traveling going to hair shows on the weekends and then I was so booked up that I couldn't reschedule people so be working from the salon from like eight in the morning to ten at night every day and then go travel again and do the same thing I didn't have any days off you know people think like oh it's just gonna be so easy I have the following no even if you have the following even if you're an educator it is not easy because it's very hard on your body yeah it's hard on your life it is it's hard on your life it's hard to like keep real friends it's hard to have a relationship and um i know that you know my last relationship failed because not failed but like we just outgrew each other because i was too fucking busy yeah too busy and we had totally different lives so i think it's important to um find, have friends that understand your lifestyle that you're always going to be gone but the, when you're back like you know they're here for you because you're there for them too you yeah know? um and also if you're in a relationship you need to be with someone that has similar lifestyle or understands your lifestyle understands that you're going to be traveling all the time you're going to be tired all the time and um you know it, it's you need to find relatable people that are to your life yeah yeah you know? and now you're engaged i am i just got engaged literally two weeks ago yesterday was two weeks and it's incredible and uh, why him and I work so well is because we have extremely same lifestyles, just different industries. He travels the world all the time, and I do too. He has fans, like crazy fans, and we have, I have little crazy fans too, but they're awesome too, you know? Um, and we understand that like hardship on our body, mind, and soul. And so when we come home, they know that we just want to just like chill the fuck out, like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and also we're not jealous of each other's lives because we both are 
thriving or both are trying to succeed and which both are trying to just live our best lives, you yeah. know, and you need someone that is inspiring to you. You know, I love the fact that he inspires me and vice versa. And it's so important to find that. And if you don't, it's going to be really hard to be in a relationship and have any friendships. Yeah, it's very true. I've, I've got a similar thing. Uh, we, we both have that uh, kind of thing, the fans and the, yeah, the lifestyle. You, you we get each do. other. But man, yeah. she's like the biggest cheerleader. I don't think I could do this without that support. Oh, that too. It's so important to find that support, you know, because my last relationship, like he was always like, oh, you're always working all day and oh, you're always traveling. And I'm like, yeah, but you should be supporting that because I'm trying to like build something you know I'm growing you should, you should be happy for my success yeah. not that he wasn't but just because his lifestyle was so chill and mine was so go 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 mm-hmm. that it just it didn't work yeah. you know what's the uh, what's the end game for you look like you, you're building something you said and, and what do you uh, what do you want that to look like five years down the road um building what do you mean by building just a, like my brand or let me change the conversation yeah. for a sec what do you want to be remembered for Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I just want to be remembered for me as a person and not necessarily as an artist. I want to be remembered for um, make how, how I make people feel. You know, I want to be remembered for just being fucking crazy, <laughs> crazy Larissa all the time. Like, I don't really have a filter. And a lot of my friends and actually anyone that knows me well, I don't have a filter. Um, I just want to be remembered for being happy and, you know, just living my best life, you know, and I think that so many people are living their nine to fives or and have nothing wrong with that at all, but they're so content and so are afraid to do something, you know, that they really want to do that they just stay where they are put. And so I want to be remembered for taking risks and just fucking doing it you know I am foreign I came to this country when I was six um my parents actually won the visa lottery so that's how we came to America and um and I came from poverty and I literally came from nothing and I just want to be remembered for that you could really and it sounds cheesy but you could really fucking do anything you really put your mind to but it takes a lot of fucking work a lot of sacrifice what's the biggest message that you want to share out here as we wind up the podcast Anyone can do it. If I can do it, anyone can fucking do it, you know? Um, And, yeah, I just want to be remembered for being Larissa, really. Wow. Well, I think you're definitely going to be remembered for that. And you know what? I want to thank you very much for coming in today. It's uh, The reason I started this podcast is so that we can have honest, open conversations between colleagues. Sometimes maybe even say the things that we wouldn't normally say to people we don't know. And, uh, and hopefully share out the idea of what it is that we are actually doing here and the, our heart that we have for the industry, the good and the bad struggles that we face with that. And, you know, uh, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in here. Loris has given us an awful lot to think about and I think also a lot of things to aspire to. So thanks very much. All right, we're going to be back next week with another episode of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Until then, everybody, ta-ta. Well, there's our conversation with Miss Larissa Love. 
really glad she was able to be so open and honest. I love doing this podcast because really it's just a conversation between friends. We get to get into some topics that we might not be comfortable in doing other interviews, other podcasts. And so I'm happy to be able to bring these conversations to you guys. And I hope you're getting something out of them. I know I am. So I'm in the BTC show this week in Washington, D.C., and I'm surrounded by extraordinarily talented artists and people that I think are fascinating. So we're going to be sitting down and doing a lot of podcasts with them this weekend, and I'd like to offer you guys the opportunity to ask some questions. So if you guys have some questions for us, you can send us voice messages, you can DM us, ask what questions you'd like to have answered, and I'm going to try and get them answered on the podcast by some of your favorite artists. So thanks a lot for tuning in this week to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I hope to see you guys all again next week. I'm Maddie Conrad, signing off.